What up, folks? This is the Sit Up Podcast. I am your producer, Andrew Morgan, and I've got a special treat for you today. Leroy hit me up and said, hey, man, I got this message I want the people to hear, and he asked me to put it in podcast form. So you know what? I'm not going to edit it, not going to cut it up or nothing. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. This is the Sit Up Podcast. You're about to listen to Dr. Leroy Barber. Let's begin. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is Leroy Barber, uh, and it's good to be here. Uh, it is good to uh, finally uh, come to this church that I've heard so much about uh, uh, from Jefferson. So uh, first thing is uh, I am uh, the director of innovation for an engaged church uh, for the United Methodist Conference in the greater Northwest area. So uh, in some respect, I work for you. Right. Um, and so uh, it is good to be here uh, and good to share this morning. I do. Uh, uh, you, 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 just so you, you, you know, you recognize that part of my job as a director of innovation suggests some pieces of my work that aren't always welcome all the time, right? And that is like, all right, how do we do some new things, right? Uh, and sometimes that's not that taken very well. So today, uh, in this scripture that we read, I want to take a look at um, uh, this idea of crossing over and to see what exactly, take an example from scriptures, what God does when it's time to do something new. Amen? Here's the other thing. I grew up Baptist uh, in Philadelphia, and uh, I kind of like see a sermon as, as give and take, right? A little bit of call and response in my tradition. So when I say amen, what should you say? Amen. There we go. There we go. Just, just a little bit, all right. I, I, you know, some people aren't comfortable with that, but let's, 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 uh, let's rehearse something different this morning. Uh, some of you may have even come from traditions like that, and you're here, and you go, "Well, I'm not sure I can say amen this morning." You can say amen, all right. Get your provisions ready. Three days from now. You will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Imagine the scene, right? Here we are. Uh, they are, uh, uh, they have come out of Egypt. They have crossed the Red Sea. Right. Uh, they uh, have wandered in the wilderness, supposedly have been 40 days. Right. But it wound up being 40 years. Right. Of wandering in the wilderness. Right. They had to learn a lot about being in the wilderness. They had to learn a lot about suffering. And now uh, they are uh, at the Jordan. And they're looking over into this land that God says, hey, you can like that's going to be part of your land. Here is the thing. Only two people 
only two people in this moment, right, were alive when they crossed the Red Sea. Just two people remain. Because when they were preparing 40 years before this to move into the promised land that God said, hey, uh, I'm going to give you this land. They sent out these spies into the land, 12 of them. Right. If you if you've been around church, you may be familiar with this story. Right. Twelve spies. Moses says, hey, um, uh, I'm going to send you over into the land. And they go over and 10 of these spies come back and go, uh, no, there's giants in that land. Uh, no, those folks are big. They are evil. Like, like we can't do that. Two people, two young men come back and go, man. Milk and honey are flowing in that land, right? Man, the fruit is amazing in that land. Oh my goodness. Like, like there are giants there, but that doesn't matter. This is a good place. Let's go over and take that land. And the people murmur against these two young men. And tell these two young men, no way. We're not going anywhere. And God gets angry. Tells Moses, I'm wiping them out. They're done. Moses says to God, God, remember who you are. Right? You're a God of grace and mercy. Right? Can you not wipe out these people? Right? Look, look, isn't that amazing? Like Moses reminding God who God is. And God says, all right. But here's the thing. None of them are going into the land because they don't believe me. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. No, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephaniah, and Joshua, son of Nun. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in the wilderness. Here they will die. What will cause you to die right here? What will cause you to wander in this church building and let it be and die right here? It's no secret, my friends. It's no secret that we are at a crossroads around what it means to be church and what it means to represent the gospel in the world today. And many of us are wandering in our churches and are prepared to die there. 
What does that mean? How, how do you make decisions to die? You refuse to engage the community. You don't want to go outside the doors. You want everyone to come in here. No, no, you come here. Because this is where we're going to die in this wilderness. We're refusing to let younger people lead and do things differently uh, and to see some new expression of what God is doing in the world. No, we're going to die right here. Keeping the same music and the same everything from what it was in our heyday. I'm an old man and I like hymns and I like some of the old school stuff. I ask my kids, I, they only listen to old school music in my car, right? Like we put on some 70s and some 80s music and that's what goes on. But once in a while, my wife is better at this and letting them listen to other stuff. Newer things that, you know, my, pound my brain a little bit more than I like it, pound it. When we refuse to let young people's expression be a part of the church and of the message of the gospel to the world, we are saying, I will die here. These people didn't cross the Jordan. God waited to do something until they were dead. Do you want to wait to see God do something amazing and miraculous? Do you not want to see that? You would rather die on how it looks right now. The people that were standing there, the new generations, didn't cross the Red Sea. They were born in the wilderness. Moses, the scripture starts out, Moses is dead. That's a harsh way to start this thing, isn't it? Like, like, Here's Joshua, new leader, right? Uh, Moses told him he was going to lead. God is now speaking to Joshua. And, and the first thing God says, hey, Joshua, this is the first point I want you to get. Moses is dead. Okay. okay. And, right, uh, uh, the reason Moses is dead and can't go over into that promised land is there was a story long ago before this moment where God told Moses he was going to provide water. And he told Moses, Moses, speak to that rock in front of the people and I'll provide water. And Moses took it under his own control and struck the rock. And God says, mm. Moses, water still came out, but God said, Moses, because you didn't believe me and you disobeyed me, you can't cross over into that promised land. Sorry, bro. Hey, 
Moses striking the rock represented Moses. Speaking to the rock represented God's power. And God wanted to show his power, not not human strength. You know this, right? You ever you, you you ever you ever you ever think, hey, God is going to do something. I'm praying about it. I'm going to leave it alone and I'm going to let God do it. But I'm going to just say this little thing. I'm going to just do this little thing. I'm going to just 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 drop a little hint. Right. We want to help God out. Right. We want to we want to nudge it along to make sure God God does what God says. God will do. Moses, speak to the rock. Just speak to it? You mean just say water and water's gonna come? Why don't I just, why don't I just hit it, you know? Why don't I just nudge it a little bit? Right? Get it moving along. This was tragic for Moses. Because it, 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 the thing that God promised him he would go into, he lost in that moment. What in this church? Now, I work for the conference, so I'm going to get into a little bit of our business, right? Like, what is happening in our church that represents us striking rocks? What are we striking, doing in our own strength, trying to nudge it along in our way and not allowing God room to do the work that God wants to do? There was there was no uh, there was uh, uh, there was this idea of striking in my mind represents uh, so much of of our input into what God wants to do. A, instead of a spirit centered movement, it becomes a of human logic and activity. And we'd rather sometimes rely on our human logic and activity than let a spirit led movement emerge. Joshua, what like is just him and Caleb and all these new people. And here is the reality of this situation. What got them there was not going to take them forward. What got you here is not the thing that's going to take you forward. This is why it's exciting to see a young pastor like Jefferson come in and start to tease it out in the community and talk to City Hall and do all of these things out there crazy as he does. Right. Like 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 this young man is nuts. Because he keeps he keeps stirring the waters. He keeps talking about us getting outside here. He keeps going over to City Hall and making deals. And they keep coming over here asking us how we going to participate. That's the new way forward, my friends. What got you here is not the thing that's going to take it forward from here. Beaverton first will be different. 
Joshua is not Moses. See, 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 uh, uh, there were there were these things that 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 made them different. Right. Joshua is a different leader. Right. Uh, Moses, when God called Moses. Uh, right. Moses says, hey, uh, 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 I don't know if I can talk. I don't, I'm not sure. And so God gives him a partner in Aaron. Right. Right. Like that was out of and God was not happy when Moses made those excuses, but said, OK, here's Aaron. Here's a partner for you. Here's somebody to talk with you. Uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb did this thing together from the get go. Right. Joshua and Caleb together came back and said, we're partners on this thing. God is going to take us into that land. See, the partnership of Moses and Aaron came about differently than the partnership of of Joshua and Caleb. That meant this was going to move out differently. Caleb had been given a promise just like Joshua. Aaron was there to speak what Moses said. Moses hadn't been on the other side of the Red Sea. Moses, Moses was like, oh, my God, this is what, what is going on? This is amazing. As we walk through it, Joshua, Joshua had already been over there. Don't you think that leadership would be different? Isn't what's going to happen as they cross this Jordan going to be different? Why? Because Joshua had already been into the land. He's 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 pushing people to something he's seen already. Moses was discovering it as they go. And Joshua's going, this land is good. Listen to Cam- him and Caleb are taking people going, let's get, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm telling you, you're going to love the look at how you Joshua is not Moses. Jefferson is not anybody else who has been here before. Moses stands in front of Pharaoh and asks Pharaoh to let the people go. Right. Right. Moses stands. He's like, hey, let these people go. And Pharaoh's like, nope. Joshua walks around the wall seven days in a row. They blow the horns and the walls come down. They didn't ask anybody anything. You see the difference in that leadership? Isn't that different? Don't we see leadership playing out differently in this next generation? Perhaps it is a moving forward of God doing more in the world as we learn and know more about you see, because there was one time, there was one time when I believe, like, like women shouldn't be up here speaking and women shouldn't be doing this. And now in 2019, I'm not as good a preacher as my wife is by any stretch. The revelation of God is different in my life in 2019 than it was in 1985. The more we know God, the deeper we go, the less we ask, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. And we more we walk around walls and say, God is going to drop these things. 
The Red Sea was unbelievable as they crossed. Joshua and Caleb led a march and blew the horns and knew those walls were going to come down. It's a new day in the church, my friends. It is a new day because God has been revealed more and more throughout time. The days of sitting in a church and being racist and not being questioned over it, those are over. You no longer can be racist and be here and nobody challenge you. Sorry, that's over. The God of the universe is revealed himself through us even more in 2019. The days of sitting in a church and not engaging a community around you is over. Because guess what? The younger generations in the community says we will find our spirituality somewhere else if you don't want to join in with us. That's over. The days of monocultural worship, monocultural worship are over. Like it's just going to be how I like it. No, some Sundays you're going to be, it's going to be exactly how you like it. And some Sundays it's going to be how your neighbor likes it. The days of, of, of power and wealth controlling the mission is over. Because you gave $10,000, you don't get to dictate what God's doing. Over. How do we know this? How is how do we see God reveal himself this way? The proof was when Jesus hit the scene. The Pharisees were hypocrites at best, right? On their best days, they were hypocrites. Like, like, so, so, so we see these hypocrites, but then we see Jesus like calling people like Mary and Martha. Then we see Jesus at the well making preachers out of women who, who, who have been, uh, uh, oppressed their whole lives. We see Jesus going to Matthew's house for a party. See, 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 the hypocrisy end when Jesus came on the scene. Right? Like, the Pharisees were protecting their own kingdoms. And Jesus comes and he reveals this different kingdom of God. That now you had all kinds of people from all kinds of places. And we see the church transform again after Jesus ascends and the Holy Spirit comes on and all manner of diversity is in the room. And they have no idea what to do with that. You remember these scenes, right? The Greek widows not being served, right? Like, like Peter being challenged by Paul saying, hey, Peter, man, you saying this thing over here and this thing over here, you got to stop that. We see the wrestling. Hey, hey, you got to be circumcised because this is the way we have done it. This is the way we know God throughout, throughout the history of our, of our culture that you need to be circumcised. And Paul, who was circumcised, Paul, who was, who was educated in the best schools, Paul, who called himself a Hebrew on Hebrew, said, no, who told you? 
that foolishness. The sign now is not circumcision, but a sacrificial faith that comes up in love. That is the sign of a king. You see the movements of the church? The church, as God reveals himself differently in different times to expose more of the power of this God that we love. We've got to get going. We are hindering the exposure of God in the world. Now, here's the thing. We might be hindering a little bit, but we know it ain't going to stop, right? We know God might get angry and say, you are not going to see it. Because you don't believe. Because you won't obey. The world is moving, and we need to get moving as well, my friends. Find your place in the movement. See, in that scripture we read, God didn't dismiss everything. He said, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. I'm going to be with you as long as you remember those laws that Moses brought out. Right? So there's a connection point here back to the story. The story renews, but, but this God of Abraham and Isaac, this God of Esther and Rahab, right? This God of the ages, right, is still God and still full of grace and mercy. Just revealing different in the times in which people find themselves. Moses is dead, Joshua, but I am with you as long as you keep my ways. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Moses is dead, but keep my ways. Free the captives. Moses is dead, but set the oppressed free. Moses is dead, but share your food with the hungry. Moses is dead, provide shelter for the wanderer. Moses is dead, give clothes to the naked. Strength and courage. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? How long? How long are we going to refuse to let God do exactly what God wants to do? in spite of all the signs I have already given you, you cannot believe me. Those folks saw bread coming from heaven. They were led at night with a pillar of fire. They walked through the Red Sea and they still didn't believe him. I know God has provided for your family. 
healed. Some amazing thing happened. Some expectation. You are, many, some of you are sitting in this room and you know you shouldn't be. But, and God is saying, how long are you not going to get in the business of letting me do what I want to do in the world and standing in the way in spite of all I've done for you? In spite of all I've done, you keep fighting me. You keep striking the rock. You keep hitting it over and over. And I've been in church a long time, all of my life. I grew up in this thing. We have people who would rather die on keeping this organ or keeping this piano or not changing the carpet colors instead of, of seeing God do something miraculous in a lot of the people. Seriously? Seriously? I trained every single United Methodist Church in this city to see a revival of God in this place. Take these buildings. Take these organs. Take these carpets. Take any other stuff. And God, you be glorified. You have your way. You use us how you will. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who has brought grace into our lives. Forget this stuff. Let's get busy with the gospel out in the world that raises people, brings them back alive, gets them to know who they are in Christ. Amen and amen, folks. Amen and amen. God bless you. Can I take a little privilege? I'm going to do this song. But there is a hymn in my heart and I can't sing. You can have this old world, but just give me Jesus. If we can, if we can find that in him, though, I don't know where it is.